0: Well, the Russian president says the military transport plane that crashed in the Belgorod region last week was downed by a U.S. Patriot missile system. President Putin is calling for an international investigation into that matter. The president claims two patriots were fired last Wednesday from territory controlled by Ukraine. Kyiv has already launched its own investigation into that crash. Well, today Russia and Ukraine swapped hundreds of prisoners of war. These are fresh images coming in of some of the Ukrainians celebrating their release. The Ukrainian government called it, quote, the second major exchange after a long break. We're well, joining us now with CNN's Frederick Plakton, who comes to us live from Kyiv. Good to have you with us, Fred. So Russia claims that Ukraine shot down this transport plane and that there were 65 Ukrainian POWs on board. In light of the prisoner exchange we've seen today, what more do we know about that crash and who was on board?
1: Well, it's still impossible to say who exactly was on board, but I think one of the things that is certainly significant, Linda, is the fact that this exchange took place despite the fact that that Russian plane uh, crashed in Belgorod a week ago. And one of the things that the Russians said after that plane um, crashed, and they claimed that the Ukrainians were behind it, is that it was unclear what was going to happen to prisoner exchanges in the future and whether or not any would take place. And now, only a week later, we do have this very large prisoner exchange with 217 Ukrainian two hundred and seven, Ukrainians released and the Russians say, 196 Russians released for their part. The Ukrainians continue to cast doubt on the Russians, saying there were 65 POWs on the plane that crashed. They say so far they have not seen any evidence put forward by the Russians, that would confirm that that was indeed the case. The Ukrainians are calling for an independent international organization with independent investigators on the ground. They say so far the Russians are not allowing them, so they continue to cast doubt. On the Russians claiming that those 65 POWs were on board that plane when it crashed, Linda.
0: And Fred, you had an interesting interview with the uh, Defense Intelligence Chief of Ukraine. Take <laughs> us through the key takeaways.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, so Kirill Budanov, the head of the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency for Ukraine, is probably one of the people that the Russian military, and probably Vladimir Putin as well, hates the most. The uh, Defense Intelligence Agency is said to be behind a lot of cross-border uh, operations targeting Russian infrastructure, targeting the Russian military, an uh, occupied territory in Ukraine, but also inside Russia as well. And We've spoke about a range of topics. One of the main ones, of course, is possible continued military aid to Ukraine by the United States. Here's what we learned. With Ukraine facing a Russian onslaught in many frontline areas, Kiev says continued U.S. military aid is more important than ever. Ukraine's military intel chief tells me shells
3: are one of the most decisive factors in this war. It's about quantity, not so much the quality as the quantity. Next, there are assault aircraft. These are aircraft of the type that the United States has, like the A-10 Thunderbolt II, and so on.
1: This is what can really help inflict a military defeat. But further military aid to Ukraine hangs in the balance, as Democrats accuse former President Trump of derailing a possible compromise. Budanov says he's not concerned about Trump.
3: He is an experienced person. He has fallen many times and gotten back up again. And this is a very serious trait. To say that he and the Republican Party
1: are lovers of the Russian Federation is complete nonsense. But the Russians are currently on the offensive. On the front lines, we've seen Kiev's forces suffering a severe lack of ammunition, struggling to hold the line. Still, Budanov says he believes the tides will turn and Ukraine will attack.
3: In my opinion, the main events on the battlefield will start happening sometime in the spring or
1: early summer. Vladimir Putin wants Kirill Budanov dead. The Ukrainians say Moscow tried to assassinate him at least 10 times. Recently Budanov's wife and several bodyguards fell ill after what Kiev says was poisoning by a quote, heavy metal, but they survived. The military intelligence directorate is said to be behind an increasing number of cross-border attacks targeting key infrastructure inside Russia and the occupied territories. While never claiming responsibility, Budanov tells me Russians can rest assured the war has come to them.
3: I believe that the plan includes all major critical infrastructure facilities and military infrastructure facilities of
1: the Russian Federation. With Ukraine's offensive essentially stagnant, the Kremlin is currently feasting on rumors Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is close to firing his top general, Valery Zaluzhny, and possibly installing Budanov as his successor, the spy chief Khoi. Isn't that something that weakens the country if it appears as though the president and his top general are not on the same page?
3: I am also the head of one of the military agencies. I personally have no conflict with anyone.
1: You know, people were talking about you possibly being the new general. If I was appointed
3: yesterday,
2: would we be meeting?
1: And one of the other things that Budanov also said to me is that he said that he and his intelligence service will keep fighting until Ukraine has won back all of its territory, Linda.
0: All right. Fascinating interview there. Good to have you on the story for us, Frederick Leighton. Thanks so much from Kiev, Ukraine. Well, in Russia, an opposition candidate has declared his intention to run against Vladimir Putin. Boris Nadezhdin says he's collected enough signatures to qualify for the ballot, and he must wait to be registered as an official candidate. CNN's Claire Sebastian has more.
2: Well, Boris Nadezhdin has now done everything he can to try to get on the ballot in Russia's upcoming presidential election. The decision now rests, at least on paper, with Russia's Central Election Commission, which has 10 days to make a decision. And Nadezhdin himself admitted that even though he actually collected double the number of signatures needed, even though there were lines outside his headquarters, he could still be denied on a technicality. Another anti-war candidate was barred about a month ago because of alleged errors with her paperwork. Well, it is a given that Putin will win this election, but the reason why Nadezhdin matters is because he's revealed a rare spark of dissent and anti-war feeling in Russia, a spark that he says is growing fast. Will it boil over into protests if he's not allowed to run is a big question. This is what he had to say about that on Wednesday.
1: NOT UNDER ANY CIRCUMSTANCE, NEVER, WILL I CALL ON MY SUPPORTERS TO VIOLATE RUSSIAN LAW. I'M ACTING ON PRINCIPLE, IN STRICT ACCORDANCE WITH THE CONSTITUTION OF THE RUSSIAN FEDERATION, WITH THE LAWS OF THE RUSSIAN FEDERATION. SO THERE WON'T BE ANY CALLS TO ACTION, NO UNSANCTIONED DEMONSTRATIONS, NO, GOD FORBID, SOME KIND OF MAIDAN FOR ME. Never whatever might happen. However, I believe that all Russian citizens have constitutional rights, one of which, the 31st article, is the right to gather peacefully without weapons and express your opinion.
2: Well, there was a caveat at the end there, but no, my Dan, he says, referring to the protests that toppled Ukraine's pro-Russian president a decade ago. Well, this is not a crisis, but it is a delicate moment for the Kremlin. If he's allowed to run, the speculation is this gives Putin an opportunity to defeat an anti-war candidate, securing what he could then say is a renewed mandate to keep fighting. But then again, that anti-war sentiment that Nadezhdin has exposed could grow. If, on the other hand, he's barred, then the Kremlin might be able to nip that spark of dissent in the bud, but of course risks appearing rattled by it. Kar Sebastian, CNN, London.